I have come to believe that a great teacher is a great artist, and that there are as few as there are any other great artists. Teaching might even be the greatest of the arts, since the medium is the human mind and the spirit. John Steinbeck. Hi, and welcome to episode number three of the Body High podcast. Today, I am bringing you an interview I recorded three years ago with one of the best, most well-rounded, most inspiring teachers I have ever had the pleasure to meet. Colin Kim is an indoor cycling instructor, as well as a Kundalini teacher and a DJ. I first met him while taking a spin class at Crunch in West Hollywood, where there is always a line out the door, with people arriving an hour before class even starts to make sure they get a spot. In the almost 20 years he has been teaching indoor cycling, he's developed quite a following of loyal students. This is due to the fact that Colin's teaching style is somewhat magical. From the music he chooses, to the lighting in the room, to the philosophical and spiritual themes he invites you to meditate on, his class is like an athletic, mystical dance party. So I am very excited to bring to you this interview that I recorded with him back in the spring of 2013. I can totally tell it's 2013 because I was still obsessed with bodybuilding and I make a very embarrassing pumping iron Arnold Schwarzenegger reference. I hope you enjoy. My concept is the body fat, right? So how do we get that? Um, that that point where you kind of transcend the, the act of what you're doing, whatever physical thing you're doing, yeah. and you go into another state. For me, it's happened um, in your class, in your uh, spinning class, when you know the lights are off, you're guiding, the music's just right, and all of a sudden, boom, I'm not even aware. My body's moving, and I don't even know what's doing it. It's yeah. just going through a force. Energy that I had no idea where it was coming from. Um, when did that first happen for you? I've been experiencing that since I was a kid. Um, I think that the scientific understanding of what you're talking about is that the only purpose of all of our, the, the only purpose of being born in human form, um, with the idea that everything is coming from an infinite spiritual place, an esoteric, um, sometimes you know mostly invisible place, at least in this experience, like uh, the divine infinite field. Um, some people call that heaven. Uh, some people call it God. Uh, love or maybe just prana or chi or the energy of life and all of that sacred energy um, that that sacred energy has compelled our beingness as human beings on this planet to happen only for the purpose of us arriving at understanding that we have souls inside of our bodies so we're, we're soulful beings as the saying goes having a human experience and all circumstances in life in the human experience, whether they be suffering, whether they be athletic, celebratory, birth, death, um, adolescence, childhood, uh, the autumn of life and all the diseases um, that come toward death, all experiences serve the purpose of us dissolving into love. And dissolving into love is a term that's used uh, for when the physical body realizes that it's connected to a soulful body. So the longest traditions of healing and uh, spiritual theology, philosophy, and spiritual science have said that powerful deep breathing connects us to that threshold. It helps us to access the place, because the, the physical body's job is to keep us alive. 
so our physical brain is constantly uh, it's like the TSA at the airport um, the brain is constantly the brain is constantly checking things for weapons it's doing pat downs on everything to, for self-preservation to make sure that the body that it's in charge of taking care of and keeping alive primarily physically is always um, safe and when the brain goes onto overdrive and basically when the brain is patting things down for weapons it's not allowing the soul to have an opportunity with the physical body is that when you are at a point in anything you're doing like a workout where you reach that total failure point where you feel like you're exactly off? yeah and um suffering is a mechanism that the soul inside of the body uses and the suffering isn't just a Debbie Downer, dark, sad stuff. It's also the suffering that's proposed in like a really difficult workout. You know, so like also healthy suffering and discipline and execution. So um, on, the, on the spectrum of suffering and uh, hard work, the soul has requested that work because it's only through suffering that we finally give up uh, needing to have an answer for everything through the brain. So the brain's checking everything for weapons all the time. Am I safe? Am I going to live? Is this person going to cheat on me? Is the sex going to be good? How's this workout going to go? And if you can bypass the thinking mind, you arrive at a place where not just the brain's working, but also the soul has a, a chance with the body. Yeah? That's my other question about where we're at. Um... Is that making sense? It does. It makes sense. Yeah. So basically, what a good workout does, what meditation does, what yoga does, what chanting and mantras do, is they they basically tell the brain to fuck off, so that the soul can have an opportunity with the body. It knocks you. It knocks us off of our soapbox of what we think is our personality, um, even our gender, like male and female. All these things that we use to identify ourselves, um, the brain uses as a dashboard reading against what's happening in the present moment. And if what's happening in the present moment in any way triggers a memory, a, frust a frustration, a preference, a bias, uh, a doubt, for the past or the future, if you're not in your least ill state, if you're not in a healthy place at that, at that particular moment, the body is going to a past memory to gauge the present moment and that's not true and because that's not true the soul in that lack of truth will request an argument or propose suffering to demonstrate to the physical body that it has had an untrue moment and this is why people often will go through um, mucho suffering prior to having a spiritual encounter. What do you call that? Suffering? Just mucho. Mucho, like a mucho, lot? Yeah, a lot. Oh, okay. yeah why, why people will go through a lot of suffering is because suffering isn't from problems. Uh, suffering is from an inability to accept the truth. You said that you said stress is not... Stress is not from problems. It's from an inability to accept reality. It's an inability to accept what's happening truthfully in the moment. And the framework of reality of how we gauge the moment, again, like our sex, our gender, gay, straight, being a mom, being a dad, all of those things are fine and good, but the, even those are not true to the soul. You know, the yoga text says that there's not even two identified sexes, like male and female. The soul is not male or female. 
the soul inside of our body may look nothing like what the physical body looks like on the outside. You said something very interesting on yoga night. Um, we're talking about Narayan. Uh-huh. Oh, that really hit me. Um, how Narayan is this, this our dream man that yeah. exists inside of all of us. It's this idea of what masculinity is. You know, the one that gets things done, the one that pays the bills, but at the same time has this, you know, ethic side. The one that does the right thing. You know, um, and well, hey, you know, like in. In Hinduism, like there's, I believe they say there's over 330 million deities and gods, and the reason why there's so many is not for one person to learn all the deities, but what they realized in the caste system in India is that let's say you have a beggar who hangs out with rats. You can't force him to be Christian or to pray to Jesus because his only experience is living in the street and filth with rats. So... Over thousands of years of social and spiritual evolution, what the philosophies of India and the Far East have come to be is that they allow that person to worship what they consider to be divine. Because while we can't get in each other's bodies to experience what the other person is feeling in way of spiritual divinity and what they consider to be um, the infinite plane or God. <laughs> Everybody on the planet that is sane and able to voice their opinion would say that there there is definitely something that's spiritual in the existence of being a human being. So everybody will agree on that, but no one wants to be told how to operate that within themselves. And because you can't tell someone how to operate that particular function, they've allowed people at all walks of life in society to identify what's sacred for them. So if someone says that living in a monkey temple with monkeys running around is sacred to them, then they allow that to be. And that's why there's um, tends to be <laughs> significant peace in areas where you allow people to worship the way that they want to worship. And then coming back to your point, excuse me, <coughs> coming back to your point about Narayan, like uh, that's where we get the probably one of the most famous American names, Ryan. And you know, I grew up in a Christian, almost cult-like desert revival uh, Christian style of uh, praise and worship and uh, study and in those really orthodox traditions in the United States it was said that if you were in any way to do yoga or meditate uh, you were doing idol worship of your own body you were actually removing God from the process so if this is included in the interview and anybody um, any of your readers read this, uh, I'm sensitive to that as a teacher, and I understand how we're still evolving um, as the United States through a lot of us coming through Bible Belt training, even if we didn't grow in the Bible Belt area, with this sense of like penalty and reward, this very Catholic, um, guilt-driven point of view, and the yoga teachings say, I'll get to Narayan in a, mo in a moment, uh, the, the yoga teachings uh, express that there's no uh, physical standard or place that's heaven and hell after death. Um, that yoga, that that heaven and hell are cartoon examples. They're they're human being artistic expressions um, through storytelling, through poetry, through uh, art, depicting what happens the further away or the closer we are to our own encounter with our own soul. And people use that inform information to manipulate people through guilt and fear into uh, financial gain and power. Um, that's dark, and it's why the religions of the world are collapsing at this moment. Um, 
almost every religion in this year of 2013 is having um, fundamental and structural uh, breakdowns in the traditions because the traditions at one time may have been rooted in truth, but they're no longer. And so the transparency is forcing division within those organizations so that they can dissolve into love. Uh, third try. <laughs> Back to Narayan. Narayan, uh, I mentioned idol worship and de deity uh, uh, deism because uh, talking about Narayan, Narayan's a deity that they use in the Hindu worship. And uh, Narayan isn't a god that you pray to. Narayan is... What did I say exactly? It's the. You said it, it was that that the, our the man we all look for. He was our ideal man in all of us. Yeah. The one that we all aspire to be. Yeah. Regardless of sex organs or lifestyle or life condition, uh, we all have male and female principles and understanding fundamental understandings in our body. So, Nadayan represents the the highest incarnation of your masculine self. So negative traits of masculine energy are things being driven by force, um, things dri being driven by logic rather than faith, meaning I need to have an answer for everything, um, whereas feminine energy is logical thinking or faithful or hopeful thinking where you don't need to have an answer at this moment because you have faith that the next moment's coming. Um, the past 2,000 years on the planet have been masculine-driven force. Um, again, it doesn't necessarily mean war, but in its darkest form, it's war. In a lighter form, it's the strobe light of media that is when you drive down and you see billboards on the freeway. It's like, if you're going to drink, you're going to drink with us. If you're going to have fun, you're going to have fun with us. If you're going to pray, you're going to pray with us. Yeah. Um, and that's masculine-driven force. That's the lower side of masculine-driven force. The higher side of masculine-driven force is getting the bills paid when you don't want to get out of bed in the morning and you, you're like, okay, i got to do this. The... The chemical in your body that compels you to, like, you know what, I have to get up right now. Survival. Yeah. Balls. Yeah. Balls yeah, having cojones. You know, so, um, yeah, it's it's the dad that's going to give you a piggyback ride and make sure that you're safe and come down on one knee to talk to you, to come down to your level as a kid and be like, hey, you're safe. Things are okay. You know, and um, I think Narayan is also symbolically the riches of the physical earth as well. So steadiness with personal gain in the physical realm, so that the things that we gain in the physical realm with regard to personality, career, fame, and fortune um, don't only serve for egoism. No. Um, when getting back to... Um specifically spin because I could like just talk to you forever about okay. just yoga itself yeah. I, so the, 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 the ecstatic moment where the body surrenders to the spirit uh -huh. and how good that feels yes okay so we talked about breath earlier mm -hmm. and how exactly you said you know that using breath as a way yeah. to get the soul to connect yeah uh, how exactly does that happen okay so it doesn't matter if you're doing the Buddha beats um, the or the rosary, Hail Mary, full of grace, our Father who art in heaven, thou art, you know, if you're doing praise and worship at a Christian church for three hours, if you're at a revival tent ceremony with 10,000 people, um, what it's ultimately getting down to is you're doing powerful deep breathing with sound. Um, the sound we can get to in a moment, but what happens when we breathe is that breath 
symbolically and literally is everything that every moment is. So breath has breath is born when you inhale like a newborn baby. There's a and then as you inhale as the lungs come to full before you get to the top of the breath, there's an adolescence to the breath, there's a childhood to the breath. At the top of the breath, the breath pauses, there's a there's a middle age. And then the body has to come to terms with the body's now exhaling into autumn. Uh, we could call it like senior citizen elderly life. And then the, that breath has a death. So a lot of the panic disorders and a lot of the mental illnesses that we deal with now that are medicated for, um, particularly to young people in the States, are an inability to breathe properly. Because if you inhale and hold your breath, you're getting panic. And if you're taking a sedative and you exhale and you hold your breath out, you're getting uh, sedation. So the drugs like Xanax and uh, the painkillers uh, slow the breath down to the point that the body... Um, sedation is an effect of the body not breathing deeply enough. And panic and stress are a function of the breath not going high enough. So when you inhale, there's a... It's basically like when you go on a roller coaster or if someone rear-ends your car, you get that adrenaline burst. You go... <gasps> So these medications keep us in a, in a state of, or in a state of, and in that prevention, you know, if you have an, uh, if someone's crying, even if you don't have a spiritual understanding, a, a, a basic kind person would look at the person and be like, hey, look at me, take a deep breath. They're like, I can't. And then you get out the brain, brown paper bag and do the whole thing. Ultimately, what you're asking that person to do is trying, you want you want to, also people will reference the, when they can't get enough air to calm panic or stress, they'll indicate with their hand in their heart. They'll like tap their heart. They're like, I can't breathe. They don't go, I can't breathe. They don't tap their hand with their mouth, they tap their hand with the heart. So, and what they're indicating is that they can't take the present moment that just came, came come across them. They can't understand how that moment has a birth, adolescence, middle life, death. And all things have that birth, middle life, death. So when we're sad, when we're jilted, when we're angry, it's not that, this is the cool thing, uh, Victoria, it's not that we're sad, angry, or jilted, it's that we can't fucking believe that we couldn't figure out the, 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 the circle of life in that moment. If I was just smart enough, mm -hmm. I, I could have, I could have, I could have outrun the death of that relationship. Mm -hmm. I could have ducked under to it. And that's getting back to what we talked about before, the brain. Its job is to make sure you're safe. So the brain cannot come to terms with the fact that things, not even your your death, that, that's, a, that's the big one, but that everything in life has a death. The brain just can't fucking believe that it got duped. What have you found of, of, of your students? Um, year after year after year. What exactly are they looking for? Um, why are, what, what, what let, me, let me first answer your question specifically about what you've asked me throughout our interview, which mm -hmm. is um, what's happening in that moment. Mm -hmm. I think I have an answer for you now. Um, just like the breath, we talked about the top of the breath, mm -hmm. the, and also the... So spin, this, and obviously um, there's a spectrum. This isn't, this isn't a cosmic law. Things can be adjusted. But generally, at least in the Los Angeles and United States market, spin, it, um, okay, so we, we're familiar with the term ohm. And ohm is the vibration that everything has that connects everything into a oneness. 
Um, it's the it's a peace. It's the undercurrent of peace and understanding and kindness that's in all things, physical, emotional, rocks on the beach, uh, plants. Circumstances all have this fundamental undercurrent of peace and love, and that's what we call Om. So you can, the ecstatic moment is when you have an encounter with Om, when you have an encounter with your oneness. Um, people do that to chant, people do yoga, but there's two ways to arrive at that. You can. Um, that's ultimately why we, as human as, as human creatures, adore music, is because music is fundamentally in its structure and organization of sounds that are a breakdown of one solid and what I'm trying to say is you can speed up to ohm like they call that theta theta noise it's often what they used um, in music to help people meditate fall asleep yeah, they have um, tracks you can buy to put in your ear in stereo headphones and when your brain arrives at theta it it um, disassociates the body from the brain for a moment. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And you can, you can accelerate to theta, and you can decelerate to... So what's interesting is spin people often have a hard time to yoga. One of the biggest complaints I get over 15 years is, like, I can't sit still for long enough. <laughs> so the manic people... The people in turmoil, the hungover people, like the arriving at Om, at the acceleration, and the yoga people like finding the Om through deceleration. The parameters for which you accelerate or decelerate are what we call personal fitness and health. Because if you're accelerating to Om through things that aren't good for you, by partying all the time, by having a noisy life, None of that is good or bad. The, um, in yoga, we, we don't teach anything's good or bad. That I think I mentioned this earlier, but didn't seal the point. Um, there's no such thing as heaven and hell. That all things are heaven. All things are divine. All things are God. If we're experiencing what we feel to be a personal hell, it's because we're far away in some measurement to that knowingness that we're spiritual beings. So the more, the more deep you feel in suffering, the more your soul is asking for that person to have awareness that it's an infinite being. And the moment you have awareness that you're an infinite being, the suffering stops and everything gets good real fast. It stops being personal. It, it stops, stops being, being personal. And we talked about the brain getting duped. Um, that's what spin is. So what people don't know is I'm, I'm having my hand... I want, to, I, want, I want to not say my. Um, the teacher has a hand, a knowing hand, and something that it's because it's not a manipulation. That's I want to make sure that that's clear. But the, the teacher has a knowing hand in what the students may not be evolved yet to understand, which is that they've arrived at an ecstatic place because they're having an encounter with the spirit. But if you were to say that, then you turn in a lot of those, and then you turn in. If, if you were to say that, then you often. Turn, will turn away the very people that are seeking the experience. Because the people that are going to seek the experience through an acceleration tend to be people who have bucked off religion or any type of right, spiritual basis. Right, they start getting suspicious. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, either through personal experience as a kid or because their experience as a human being, the, their particular brain can't fucking believe that the absolute truth is not their idea of how things should go. 
when the body, when the brain finally checks out, um, you'll, uh, it's, it's, uh, I would say it's, um, totally natural, uh, you'll notice that people cry. Yeah, and in yoga we call that the big boo-hoo. <laughs> and um, in the PTA lounge of teachers, in you know, as spiritual teachers, we often, you know, when I'm talking to other spiritual teachers, friends of mine, we often joke with one another that until someone has the big boo-hoo, they're they're not for, they're not their ground has not been broken for them to have that the deeper integrations of the spiritual mindedness and practice in daily life. What's required to be a spiritual being is to call out for help and have no one answer. To have the worst day of your life. To have the big boo-hoo. And here's the cool thing. Everyone's talking about the Mayan calendar, this new age, this, this grandiose blossoming of love on the planet. Well, Mother Nature is like tapping her watch. She's like, <clears throat> because she can't wait for each of us to have a big boo-hoo because we're so overpopulated that if we had to wait for each person to have a big boo-hoo, by the time we get done with it and we all get to the same point, we're like, okay, let's agree to work in love and kindness and, and togetherness. Um, we'll be diseased and poisoned and the planet won't be able to be lived on. So... Um, people are now having spiritual experiences without having a big boo-hoo first. What do you mean? It used to be that you had to experience a lot of suffering to, to have a spiritual encounter or be a gifted person somehow from the infinite mm -hmm. to where you don't experience less suffering but your soul um, prompts you and compels you. It requests you to do deeper study, like to go to India, to study at an ashram, to go into religious sciences in some college. Right? There's this internal, like, I need to I need to figure out what life means. But I think also, is it so much, sometimes, yes, people need to hit rock bottom, need to have that suffering to be able to um, have that moment, like you said. But for other people, I think it's a numbness. Yeah. I think it's not so much the deep feeling of pain, but the deep feeling of absolute nothing. Yeah. That sucks. It's like going through the motions of life. It's... It's, I'm not going to say it's equally as, 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 as agonizing, but there's a sense that something's missing. Mm -hmm. I need, I need, I need. And and perhaps that's what it is. I feel like so many of us are so desensitized to mm -hmm. you know, religion or it's that spiritual part mm -hmm. um, that that's why we look for it in something like yeah. yoga or spin. We look forward to that moment where the brain stops mm -hmm. and we feel like we have no control. Yeah. So... If you just pick up a person that doesn't speak African, you know, in an African language, it's, how do I, that's not a good example. Um, basically, sick people, and I say sick with kindness, people that are, people that don't have traction with a spiritual, physical relationship with their self, um, are turning on. 
so it's like you know you're you know, see people like just um, like talking, doing coffee talk, like we're doing. It's like that, 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 that. they're on Adderall, they're all hopped up, they're smoking cigarettes. Like, and so you take that person, like it's like I call it ticking. It's like crystal meth. It's like I grew up with that kind of behavior, just very like can't sit still. The moment you have a quiet moment, you have to fill it with noise because of the fear of the numbness that you're talking about and what that it's not that the numbness is scary it's like I'm going to have to ask myself a really big question if I feel that numbness that's a precursor to what's going to happen next and it's funny that you and I can talk about it we can high five and be like oh but that's the whole point of life why would people deny doing that because that's beautiful the gift is beautiful when you find out and the answer is about the issue with the brain the brain's job is to keep us alive and it can't fucking believe that it won't be able to do that one day so it integrates everything in the last month. <gasps> okay, and then suffering Lamaka suffer block. The world is in such need that it's not doing it on a case by case issue anymore. Alright, keep my battery right away. Yeah. Switch my battery. Yeah. Yep. The spiritual realm, the spiritual realm, the infinite plane. Um, you know what I'm talking about, like the cosmos, mm-hmm. is that energy is turning people on because it can't wait any longer. Mm-hmm. It's it's turning people on. An energy is, is now like rush fire sweeping the planet, turning people on with or without permission from the person. If you wanted to have that experience, you used to go request it. You go to India, you grow a beard, you wear the beads, you know, you be like a hippie, you do what you do. But what's happening now is that it's not even enough to do that because if, if we don't get with the program, life on this planet's not going to happen anymore. Mm-hmm. So the energy is turning people on, but imagine you're a sick person. And like you're playing in mud and you're dirty and then all of a sudden in your white clothes and then all of a sudden you turn on have you seen True Blood? True Blood? No. It's a vampire show, no. They, they, they show these orgies in their TV show and their eyes are they do the big black contacts mm-hmm. where they look like animals you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I didn't. So, and they're all like mm-hmm. and they're totally out of their head. So it's like people are trying and then imagine their pupils go Ooh, and they go and they come back into their body and they're like what the fuck am I doing? That learning curve of, oh my God, what am I doing? Is why all the antidepressants are out. So the moment you feel a real feeling, it's like, hey, take this pill. Mm -hmm. And I'll repeat this again. All the pills do, from opiates to sedatives to antidepressants, yeah, they're manipulating with chemicals that the body makes in its own unique combination. But... If you really get down to the fundamental thing of what they do, they speed up or they slow down the breath. When you're on a Xanax and a Vicodin because you had liposuction, your breathing is like... It slows time down for you. Because if time's going fast for you, every moment that you're in pain, you're like, oh, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. Because the brain's trying to figure out what, what the fuck happened. We got cut open in our belly. So what pills do... When you're in pain, is they slow you down so that the moment's like the brain's going, "What happened?" and your your body's going, "We had surgery," as opposed to, "What the fuck happened?" Oh my god, it hurts. What the fuck happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the drugs like Adderall and crystal meth, which a lot of our friends are on, Adderall is just a derivative of meth. Methamphetamine is um, it accelerates you to. Oh, so people that are moving fast 
and heart that prefer the stimulants, they're arriving at the same sensation physically that the people on the sedatives arrive at. It's just the gateway can be achieved at the top or the bottom. And that's why I teach yoga and spin, because it bookends both. Right. And my, I've never thought of this, but the, it's basically like bookends on both sides. So if a student chooses to study with me, I'm going to get them on both sides eventually. And they're, they're not going to be able to escape. And it's, it's a prayer of mine that, I, that I'm the person with that person when they open. You know, I want to lock the doors, lower the blinds. And by, by capping both sides of the experience in one facility, whether they like me or not has no bearing. And I think that's why I'm more successful than a lot of teachers, because I don't care about that. Because I know that when people feel pushed on both sides, when they feel like there's no escape, that they're going to have feelings about that. But I know that that's happening, so I expect those feelings to happen. And that's why people have a strong reaction to me really joyful and tra transformative or very upset and um, out of control. They feel very out of control. That's so interesting. But I can't my, imagine that. Yeah. Um, but my, my belief is that their soul has selected for, the, for us to have, have time together. Yeah. It's always such a great experience. Thank you. I, I it was It was transformative the first time I did spin. It, 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 a lot of things clicked for me. And... Um, yeah. That was a lot of talking, but we can cover yeah. more on another yeah. one if you want. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Love to. Thank you You're so to much. If you'd like to learn more about Colin, you can visit his website, ck2u.com. That is the letter C, the letter K, the number 2, Y-O-U.com. There you can find information about the classes that he's teaching uh, in Los Angeles, including spinning and kundalini yoga. Check out next week's podcast, episode number four with JP Sears. Have a great day.